You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So we are in the second week of a campaign that we started last week called Finding Your Way Back to God. And I'm I'm going to diddle what Pastor Mike said. Not am I only encouraging you to be in a small group. I think you should be in a small group. Every person should be in a small group because we grow in small groups. And and, and last week we started this this campaign uh, with five awakenings. And we talked about the first awakening that we find in the story of the prodigal son, and that is an awakening to longing, that we all are longing for something. Amen? All of us are longing for something, and I I talked about how there's three essentials that every person has in in our longing, and and the first is we're all longing for love. All of us want to find that love that is going to complete us, but what you find in this world is if it's not God that you come and get that love from, that that love that you're trying to find won't complete you, but it will deplete you. Because love is so multifaceted. In love, there are different essentials of love. Number one, there's physical uh, a part of love, and that's where people touch each other. They, they hold hands, they hug each other, and it goes into even intimacy, and it's a great longing that we all have to, to be loved physically, but there's also an emotional part of love, and that emotional part is we, we need people to be with us, so when we're going through a really good time, they celebrate with us. When we're going through a difficult time, they cry with us, they hold us. When we're going through a time of testing, they encourage us, and so we need that emotional support, and sometimes people have a wonderful part, uh, a physical love in their relationship. It's all about intimacy, but they're lacking that emotional part. And usually one of, of, of the person is saying, I just don't feel like if you care, I don't see that you're, you know, I'm hurting and I just don't see that you're there for me. And so you need that emotional part as well. We talked about how there's an in- intellectual part of love. We go into love and we have to reason it out. And, and, and you hear people tell you sometimes, are you crazy? Don't you see what's happening to you? What are you doing? Are you out of your mind? You ever heard that? Maybe a loved one said, are you out of your mind? What are you doing in this relationship? They are not completing you. They're depleting you. And so that's another facet of love that we all are longing for. And then I talked about how we also need the resourceful part of love, and that's where you're taken care of. We need to be taken care of. We need to complete each other. We need to, in a friendship, you don't want a friendship where they just take, take, take. You want a friendship where you, it's give and take, and people give to you. They help you. They, they're a resource to you. Gene Kitterman, not only did he take from the Lord, God blessed him. He changed his whole life. I could read a letter that his son sent to us from California that said, this is a different person. He's not the same person that raised us. He's a different person. He's filled, the, filled with love. He's, he has peace. He's got patience. What did you do with my dad? <laughs> it's not what we did with their dad. It's what God did with their dad. And so there's an intellectual part where we reason things out. This makes sense. God makes sense. His love for us makes sense. 
And so we get to this place, and, and I talked about the second essential uh, or the second longing that we have is we're trying to find the meaning of life. And that younger son in the prodigal story, he sets out to a different country because he's trying to find the meaning of life. And, and, and here people, you know, you might go through a midlife crisis. You might be going through teenage years and puberty and all these different things. It doesn't matter where you're at. You know, you may be going through menopause. And I found out, you know, what menopause means. As my wife is beginning in those first stages, it means men, you better pause. You better pause. <laughs> Where's Shauna? She probably heard that. <laughs> but it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. Do you ever hear people say, you know, I, I just want to find myself? I want to find myself. I, I'm just trying to, to find meaning. And you find out that that longing to find meaning, if it's not finding meaning in God, it takes you to places that you never thought you'd be. Because meaning, the, the, what it actually, when you define the word meaning, it's what you understand and what you believe. And when you understand something that's not truth, and you believe something that's not truth, you'll be taken further and further away from the one who is truth, and the one who is truth is God, it's Jesus. And so then we, we're trying to find the third essential that, that we learned last week. We're, we try to find uh, our purpose. We try to find the purpose of life. And those meaning and purpose are two different words. And each one builds on the other. Because meaning is what we understand and what we believe. Purpose is how you act it out. And so if your meaning in life is skewed, if your meaning in life is not true, then you're going to be living out, you're going to be acting out something that is going to destroy your life. We see the story of the prodigal son that he went out to find the meaning of life. He said, Dad, I want my inheritance. And he really violated his father by saying that because to ask a dad to give you the inheritance before he dies is saying, you've died to me already. You hear me? If my sons come and say, hey, I want my money, I want my inheritance, you know, that, that you're going to give me when, when you die. Uh, and, and, and they're saying, you know what, you're dead to me already. So he, he, his whole purpose, his actions were skewed. And we find out in our lives that when, our, when the meaning of life is not in the right place, our actions will never be in the right place. And those actions develop habits, hang-ups, and all kinds of different things that really bring us down. And so we come to this place today where, where we go to the second part of awakening to regret. Awakening to regret. And when we, when we walk into distant places, when we walk into uh, different lands, into places outside of God's sphere, there's regret. But regret doesn't have to be a bad thing. You may be here today and you regret some things that you've done. And my prayer is that through this message, you're going to find that regret doesn't have to be a blocked door in your life. It doesn't have to be the end of you. It could be the start of you. Can you hear me? The end, uh, regret doesn't have to be the end of you. It can be the beginning of you. 
of you finding what really matters in your life and what's going to help you in life. And, and, and so our memory verse, and, and I'd love for you, maybe you're new here today, what we do is these memory verses, we put them in a place where, where we can read them all week and you remember them, and it kind of brings uh, some, some clarity and, and it brings some purity into your mind and into your heart. So our memory verse comes from uh, Luke 15, 17, the first part, 17a, and it's pretty simple. It says, when he finally came to his senses, say that with me, when he finally came to his senses, you could say, when she finally came to his senses, it could be any one of us. When, when, when he finally came to his senses. How many of us have had one of those defining moments in your life that you're like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? What am I doing to myself? What am I doing to my family? What am I doing to my life when you finally come to your senses? God can show up. You have to come to your senses. Last week, I, I, I talked to it, Copper Corridor. I didn't share this here, but one of, one of my best friends, uh, he, he, was, he, he told me a story of him being at a, at a nightclub, and he, was, he, he got hooked on, on cocaine. And so he, had a, he was in the, in, the, in the bathroom of a nightclub or a club, a bar, and uh, uh, some of his cocaine got thrown to the ground, and there was like a rock, you know, the, the cocaine, you got to smash it up and things like that. And so there was like a rock that was on the ground, and he, was, he had a defining moment. He was on the ground on his hands and knees, and he was trying to find that little speck, that rock of cocaine, so that he could find meaning in his life. He had to find meaning in his life. He had a purpose that he had to find that so that he could get that one high. He had to find it. And as he's down on his knees and, and, he's, and he's down there looking for this, he had a defining moment like, what am I doing? What am I doing? What happened to him? He came to his senses. He came to his senses. Every one of us, you might not have been on, the, on your knees in a, in, in a bathroom finding a rock of cocaine, but you might have been in a, in a relationship that's just breaking you. You may be in a, in a financial situation that's breaking you, and you're doing things the same over and over and over and over. Red Rover, let him come over. When you come to your senses... And God shows up. Because when we come to our senses, God shows up. So I want us to read in, in Luke uh, 15, verses 12 to 20. We'll have it on the, on the screen. And we'll have it in your, it's in your outline as well. There's an outline. I'd love for you guys to, to, to follow along with that. Fill it out if, you, if you'd like. And let me pray a blessing over the message. Father, thank you for every person here. I say this every Sunday. Thank you, Lord God, that you're here. In fact, today we are worshiping to an audience of one. We are reading from an audience of many, but we're celebrating the one who came to save us, the one who came to set us free. Bring us to our senses, Lord. 
If we're, out of, uh, if we're out of whack, Lord God, as a prodigal, all of us get out of whack, bring us to our senses, O oh Lord. We open up our hearts right now. We open up our minds. As your messenger, I pray you speak through me that your words will be my words and that there will be glory that will come to the name of Jesus Christ. That's all we seek today. And in his name we pray and everyone said, amen. So in verse 12 it says, the younger son packed his bags and he left for a distant country. And there because he was undisciplined and dissipated, he washed he wasted everything he had. And after he had gone through all his money, and, and let's think about this. Whose money was that? His dad's, right? After he went through all his money, there was a bad famine. And through that country, he began to hurt. How many of you know that when you, are in a, in, in, when you run out of money and there's a recession going on around you, that it hurts, Right? That's exactly what the word says. It's very true. And he began to hurt. And he signed on with a citizen there who assigned him to his fields. In other words, he got a job, and he assigned him to his fields to slop the pigs. How many of us have slopped the pigs before? Maybe they're not even pigs around in a farm, but you're just slopping the pigs. Huh? Slop the pigs. But no one, uh, and he was so hungry, he would have eaten the, the corn cobs in the pig slop, but no one would give him any. And I want you guys to say this with me. That brought him to his senses. That brought him to his senses. And he said, all those farmhands working in my father's, uh, or for my father, they sit down to three meals a day, and here I am starving to death. Now, I want you to think about that. So, He's saying the, the, the farmhands, even the lowest paid farmhand is taken care of with my dad, with my father. The father refers to God in this story. The younger son refers to sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes, anyone that strays from God. All of us can raise a hand. We've been there. The older brother represents the Pharisees, the religious people that get mad when the father goes after sinners. You got to know the, con the, the context there. And so he says, uh, he's, uh, all those farmhands working for my father, they sit down to three meals a day, and here I am starving to death. I am going back to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son. Take me on as a hired hand. And he got right up and he went home to his father. The reason he got right up is because he came to his senses and he was awakened to regret. He was awakened to regret. And so here's three points that can happen when we have an awakening to regret in our lives. Point number one, regret can be an open door or an open window that will lead you back to God. Can I tell you that our regrets are reality checks? That young son, he took his father's money, he said, I got it made in the shade. Let me go out and party. Let me go out and have all the women. Let me just spend this Doom, doom, ding, dong, doom, ding, doom. You ever done that? I mean, ding, doom, ding. You got doom. You got to do that bad. You know, that's when you're really, that's when you're really spending it, right? 
They tell you, shake that money maker, and you're like, yeah. But when this money ran out, he was in a tough place. When he found himself in the pig slop, which for a Jew was the worst place to be, it brought him to his senses. The younger brother had a place in his life that he woke up to reality. Didn't you love the song? I'm so sorry that the that the media wasn't working. You know, the devil has a way of, there's a, there's a demon that goes into that media sometimes and turns it off. Now, it has nothing to do with Christy or it has nothing to do with the media. It has to do with that enemy sometimes because it runs fine and it's, it's high-end media equipment, so we know it's not that. But those words from that song that, that they were singing, wake up, wake up, all you sleepers, wake up. There's a reality check in our lives where, where, where God awakens us, where we get to this place of regret, and, and, and this place of regret where you wake up and you come to your senses, you find that it can be an open door to God. It can be an open window to God. He was alone. He was miserable. And, and I love this about that story is that when he was, when he was spending his money and he was uh, squandering it and while living, there was a lot of people around him. There was a lot of people saying, dude, you're my homie. You're my friend. I love you. Buy, buy me another one, bro. Buy us another one. You're going you're gonna to pay dinner. Now, when all the money is gone, do you notice where he was? He was alone. There was no one around. He was in the pit stop. Have you ever been in that place when you're, you're, you're living your life, you're doing things on your own, and everyone's happy to see you, everyone's excited about you, but you come to the place, you're broke, you don't have nothing, and there's no one around, and you're miserable, and you're lonely, and guess who's there? There's a window, there's a beam of light, there's a beam of hope, there's a door that opens up, and God is waiting for you to come back home. And your regret is that door that can open for you so that you can wake up out of that slumber. Find God and find hope. Remember that friend I told you about that, that, that was on the floor and he was looking for just that, that little speck of cocaine and he came to his senses and he turned around and there was a light that came into his life. There was, there was a beam of hope that came into his life. There was a door that opened up and he started walking with Jesus. He, he started to, to get his life submitted to the Lord uh, and, and just begin to walk with him. You know what happened to that guy? He became a leader in his church. He became a leader in the church that he started attending because God is faithful and he can change our lives for his glory. Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth that they were, they were having messes after messes after messes. He says, come back to your senses can I tell you, when we're having messes in our life, it's because we're, we're usually, we're, we're kind of straying away from the purposes of God. Paul said, come back to your senses as you ought, 
And stop sinning. Stop, stop walking away from God. When we're living a sinful life, we're walking away from the purposes of God. He said, turn around, come to your senses, walk back to God. There's a window of, there's a window of light. There's a, there's a door of hope that's open for you, and God is waiting. You take a step back, God will take a step to you. Because he'll never violate our free will. He'll never violate our free will. I talked to a... a, a a sweet Christian lady this week who her husband left her, left her three beautiful, beautiful uh, teen, teenagers and, and uh, left her for another, another lady and, because he wanted to find love. He wanted to find meaning. He wanted to find purpose in his midlife crisis. She's broken. Her children are broken. And instead of her going and saying, you know what? Anything he can do, I can do better. You ever been there? Any, that's, this is what breaks up a lot of families. Anything you can do, I can do better. Anything you can do, I will overdo. She said, I'm going to submit myself to God. Because there was a window of light and there was a door of hope that opened up to her and she submitted herself to that and she, she brought Christians around her. She went to, to people that were going to speak life instead of speak death into her. And she said, I had a meeting with my, with my ex-husband and he, as he sat with her and, and first time he had talked to his children in almost a year, you know, because there's so much brokenness. The, one of the daughters has tried to commit suicide. All these different things that have gone on. This is, this is, this is, a, this is a daughter that was one of the top students in the, in the school. One of the top athletes in the school who doesn't want nothing to do. She, she actually is being homeschooled right now. And as they go through all these issues and stuff, she, she met with her husband for the first time where they actually had a sit down on her oldest daughter's birthday. And the husband looked at her and he said, I am so messed up. I am so broken. I made such a bad decision. And she is even here to this day to say, to point him to God. To tell him, I'm not the answer for you. He is. See, you may be in here and you walk in your own road and you're doing your own thing and we're all one step away from making the worst choice in our life. All of us are. And God is saying, your regret, your regret that you're feeling right now can be the door of opportunity to God to change your life for the good. Point number two, regret can also lead you to close the necessary doors in your life. The younger son's life had gone out of control. Can I tell you why his life got out of control? Because he opened up the wrong doors. 
He opened up the doors to, to wild living. He opened up the doors to, to not only drinking, but excessive drinking. And, and, and he opened up the doors not only to sexual intimacy, but sexual intimacy where you begin to do it outside of the confines of God. All of those things can be good. Sexual intimacy is wonderful. In the confines of marriage, God ordained it. And Christians should be saying, you know, how's your sex life? It's fantastic with my wife. Super. Don't freak out because we're in church. If, if we talked about it in that way, maybe people would look at it a different way. But he, he was, his purposes were wrong, and he was living, he, he opened up the wrong doors. He was out of control. And so what happens when you open up the wrong doors, guess what needs to happen? Those doors need to be closed, and those doors can only be closed by one who is bigger, and that's God. You see, there, there may be someone in here today, and you, you're coming to the realization that those doors that you've opened, you can't close them in your own strength. You've done things your way. You say, you know what, I'm going to do things my way. Frank Sinatra said, I'll do it my way. If you say that word on the wrong side of town, it's not a good word, by the way. But the younger son came to the place in his life that he said, I am going back home to my father. I am going back to my father. And, and, and there's some of us, there's some of us in here, there's some of us that are listening on the podcast, there's people in here that you need to put feet to your regret. You need to put action to your repentance. You need to put feet to that confession because what needs to happen is that you need to walk away from that life that is bringing regret and walk to the Father who will bring restoration. He's got love for you. He's got peace for you. But that peace is not in that place where the regret is, that peace is when you walk away from that door that's been opened, that's bringing all of the regret in your life. And I love what, uh, what Jesus said to the church. The, the apostle John is writing in Revelation, and, and, and he talks to, to, to one of the churches, the church in Philadelphia, in fact, and he says, this is a message from the one who is holy and true, the one who has the key of David. In other words, Christ, who has the very key of, of King David. What he opens, no one can close. And what he closes, no one can open. See, he opens up a door to God that no one can open up but Jesus himself. And he closes the doors in our lives that, are, that have us bound and have us in slavery and habitual sin over and over and over and over again in that place that's leaving us empty and alone and in the pig slop of life. Can I tell you that thought, that thought that that younger son had to go back to his father was a thought that God placed in his mind that he would be there for him. Some of you guys 
Some of us, some of you listening on the podcast, there's a thought going in your mind, I need to get out of the mess that I'm in, and that thought is coming from God himself. He's saying, come to me. Jesus said, come and follow me. Point number three, regret can lead us to find our new life in God. See, regret can do two things. It can be your first step into your life of finding God and you finding the newness that he has for us. Or regret can lead you down a life of death. Because regret, it ushers in sorrow. Sometimes regret offers, uh, will usher in shame. Sometimes it'll usher in distress. And when it's, and when it's, channeled through the power and the love and the grace of God. It's a good thing, but when the devil, he pounds you with it and you feel hopeless, it will never be a good thing. And I love what, what the Bible says uh, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 7. It says, the Apostle Paul writing says, distress that drives us to God, it does just that. It turns us around. It gets us back in the way of salvation, and we never regret that kind of pain. Can I tell you, I never forget, I never forget my defining moments in life where I was at those places of misery. I never forget where God found me and brought me back to him. Regret doesn't have to be the end of you. It could be the start of you. But it doesn't end there. He says, but those who let distress, another word for distress is sorrow, but those who let sorrow drive them away from God will be full of regrets and they end up on a deathbed of regrets. And there's people that live their life in such regret, you feel so bad about yourself and it's not God that's making you feel bad. God's saying there's a window of light and there's a door of hope for you. Let that regret in your life be the first step in the right direction, in the God direction, and let God take over your life. I got a call. I got a call about three weeks ago, a month ago, and very dear lady in my family, kind of a matriarch. He said, I want you to start praying. He said, be my son. They can't find him. She said, I'll be right there. He came in the door to the to the main office and I heard her voice and I 
went out right away and I said, what's going on? And she said, my son, he's been depressed. They can't find him. I feel like if there's something wrong. I said, well, let's pray. I got my uncle, I got her, and I said, let's pray. And we prayed to God. I said, Lord, be with them in this time. And I said, I'm going to keep praying. This guy had everything going for him in his life. He had a great career. He had a beautiful family, a beautiful wife. He had two beautiful kids. One had just graduated from high school. She had a very promising life. The son is a bundle of joy. You see him and you just glow because he's... An hour later, I get a phone call. She's broken. She's the agony in her voice. He said, they found him at the river. And he shot himself. and his two kids his daughter comes up to me and she said that's not my dad my dad never would do anything like that that's a demon I just sat with her and I said I know that I prayed with her my wife and I went into the the sitting room where the wife was and there was tons of people all over the place and Sean and I sat there with, with his wife and just listened to her as she just released everything I don't understand I don't understand she cried and we listened for, min- for 20 minutes, 30 minutes we didn't want to take too long and we prayed a prayer for her and my wife actually laid hands on her and prayed with her. The next day, her, her mother calls us and she said she had felt peace that she had never felt before because God is real. But so is death. brother is real close to me and now we're in contact all the time and I'm sending him scripture and sending him hope a broken family right now and I say that I wanted to end with that for one reason because there's a regret that can lead you to death. It's like, this is so crazy. Since that death, this is a small community in Arizona. I'm not even going to go into where it's at. Since that time, five people have taken their lives in that community. The last one was a junior high girl, eighth grader, who they told me was beautiful. You may be in here today and you've had thoughts of suicide. Usually the people that are contemplating suicide aren't talking about it. 
Some people say, I would have never thought this person would do it. But there's a regret that leads to death. And yet there's a regret that leads us to life in God. I didn't have a chance to talk to this individual. To be able to pour love, grace, and life into them. But I have a chance to talk to you and tell you that regret can be the awakening that you need in your life. When you feel worthless, because this is the devil's words, you're worthless, your life is going nowhere, you're spiraling out of control, and that's a regret that will lead you to death and a lot of regret. But there's a regret that'll lead you back to God where you can find hope and you can find life and you can find light or clarity. And if you're here today and maybe you've thought about suicide, maybe you've had those thoughts, maybe you haven't even shared it with anybody, there's help for you in Jesus and there's help for you with us. We want to talk to you here. We want to help you because God wants to help you. as I close with a prayer my prayer is that no one will leave out of this sitting no one will leave your car if you're listening to the podcast without saying these regrets that I'm having I'm going to let them awaken me to God and I'm going to give my life and my regret to Jesus Christ let's pray Father, we thank you for bringing me to the realization that my regrets in life are an opportunity for me to turn to you. You know everything that I've done, every detail in my life. And I thank you for loving me despite my choices. So today I confess I need you to help me close the doors in my life which are leading me away from your love and your purposes. I choose to take a step in your direction and I believe you're waiting for me with love and grace. And I pray this prayer in Jesus' precious and holy name and everyone said amen. Keep your heads bowed real quick if you will. If you said that prayer with me, if you agreed with that prayer, do me a big favor and put it on your connection card so that we can celebrate that you are taking that step toward God and he's going to meet you right there and we're going to celebrate with you. Let today be a defining moment in your life where you find hope and grace and restoration in Jesus Christ. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.